0: You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A, brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing very well, Dr. Gray. Thank you.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. What can I help you with?
1: So I am just a little bit of a background. I'm a Medical Service Corps Army officer, and I have been on the pre-med path for about 10 years, um, and this is due to being in the military for 14 years and moving 10 times. Um, so this question is for other military or veterans um, that follow the non-traditional path. How do we solidify our applications by showing that we have seven transcripts, eight transcripts, multiple withdrawals from um, deployments that we weren't told about or training exercises um, that come up unexpected or um, you know, just simply in my case, just having those those breaks um, from not able to just continuously get that pre-med education. So like, what do we do to tell our story?
0: Yeah, you, you check the box that says you've served in the military or are currently active duty, and then you'll have the opportunity to uh, expand where needed. I think at the end of the day, the fact that you're going to check that box, so you're, you're a military member, the fact that a lot of your activities are going to be around the military is going to tell the, the person reading your application that, oh, I, I guess this person was in the military. And that comes typically, and, and I'm a little biased because I was in the military, so I understand a lot of these things. Um, it typically comes with that understanding that you're going to have a non-traditional path. Correct. So I, I wouldn't worry about it. I, I would just tell your story the best you can, where it comes up, the fact that you're in the military, it's going to come up and you're going to talk about it. And then that's it. Some schools will have, uh, as part of their secondary application process, they'll have questions that that may be very specifically perfect for for you talking about this where it's like hey if you've had any break in your education if if you've graduated and and you you haven't uh uh, and you've taken some time off what have you been doing you'll have opportunities based on secondary questions that schools may ask in terms of the primary application it's really going to be that military service question and then uh and then just your activities being focused in and around the military
1: Okay. So I have a question about that. Um, Obviously, normally when we look at volunteers, we like to see people with consistency, perhaps at one organization. So, again, especially as an officer, when you're moving every two years, you're not able to show that consistency. So, is that frowned upon that, you know, we might volunteer, we might do a blood drive, and then we might volunteer at a homeless shelter? So, you're going to see all these different variations of events instead of having, you know, I've been somewhere for two or three years, um, is, that, is that frowned upon?
0: Typically, right? We we would typically go, who is this person and why can't they hold down a job, right? A volunteer experience <laughs> or whatever. Is there something wrong with them uh, that they keep getting fired? They keep getting told, yeah, we don't want <laughs> you back. Don't come back. Um, again, from a military perspective, you have a reason. And that's always the biggest thing is – If I'm reviewing an application and I go, what's going on here that they're jumping around so much? What's going on, right? I see a transcript of eight different schools. I see activities that last 10 hours, five hours, and then you move on. Well, first of all, a lot of those activities may not make it into your application depending on the, the application service you use right for amcast you're limited to 15 spots for comas and tmdsas they're unlimited so you may want to fill in all of those little ones for amcast maybe you just combine like various activities and just put them in okay. into one activities is one option to do that but again i, I come back to you have a reason Right, It's it's not just that you're a terrible person and nobody wants you around. It's the fact that you're an awesome person and the military keeps moving you around to different places to spread your awesomeness everywhere. So <laughs> it's just, that's just part of the problem.
1: I'd like to expound upon that. So in my personal journey, um, one thing, and I, I, I actually hope I don't have to speak about this in an interview. Um, I've volunteered and I've obviously committed my certain committed myself to service for almost two decades. I'm in a very rigorous post-bac program. Um, Hopefully I'm able to say I'm at Thomas Jefferson university's post-bac program, Um, very rigorous program. So I decided that I needed to prove myself with, you know, having a stellar GPA and making sure that I get the MCAT, you know, that I need to get into the schools that I'm looking to uh, apply to. So, my volunteerism hasn't been that much because I decided to take these two years to dedicate myself to that as we spoke about consistency within my transcript. So hopefully again, someone doesn't see like, Oh, you know, you volunteered all these years and then it looks like you took about a year and a half off, mm-hmm. you know, what, what is the cause? And I want to say, well, obviously yeah. I'm a, <laughs> a very rigorous program and battling you know, duty as well. So just hopefully, you know, that's, not
0: too bad. Yeah, I think there's always concern and this is why I made up this this new club that I'm chartering called the the OPC, the Overthinking Pre-Med Club. There's this <laughs> there's there's this concern that it's like, "Oh, they're going to see this gap and they're going to wonder what's going on and blah blah blah." And and that's partially true. There there may be concerns of like, "What's going on? I I, I lined up all of your activities here and it's been a while, or there's a big gap there." But then your transcripts are there too, and they can see the time where you have a gap in your activities is a time where you're in a post program, and and they're not dumb people reviewing your application. <laughs> they can go, oh, I guess you took some time to focus on grades. Okay, great. Ideally, best case scenario, you're still doing some stuff, but that's not always doable. And if if you're still active duty, you're in your reserves or whatever, you still have other commitments on Absolutely. top of the post program, and so that's all... It's all understandable. Medical schools do not need you to be perfect. They need to understand your journey. They need to understand why you're doing this. They need to understand and have confidence that you're academically able to do well in medical school, that you're academically able to pass the boards the first time you take them that you can communicate, that you're compassionate, empathetic, and all these other core competencies that they're looking for so that you'll make a good doctor on the other side as well. And so for a non-traditional student like yourself, who has amazing experience being in the military, going through a rigorous post program to prove your academic ability, doing all of your clinical experience and shadowing and volunteer and all this other thing, like you're doing it all. You're putting a level of expectation on yourself that medical schools aren't going to have. You're trying to 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 live up to this standard that you think is is needed. This standard that Student Doctor Network and Reddit may may say that you need to have, and and sometimes language that I use in, in terms of being consistent and all this other stuff that that isn't. It's it's not something that that is doable for every single person, every single situation. And that's okay.
1: Absolutely. Um, this is about the application. So how do we, I want to make sure my application does not look f- like fallacious. Hopefully I'm using that word right. <laughs> um, when, for example, my last deployment, I was a Ford Surgical Team EXO. So mm-hmm. I focus as my job it was focused more around logistics, mm-hmm. but I had the opportunity because I'm on a team with, you know, surgeons and surgical capabilities. I was able to get shadowing hours. So On my team, there are no, no, it's no A and B team. We are the primaries and we're doing that for 24 hours a day, you know, for, for, for uh, nine months. So when I do the hours for that, it looks like I have over $6,000, excuse me, 6,000 shadowing hours. And I don't want a medical school to look like, well, how'd you do that? And it's like, yeah. I have a job component, yeah. but I also, you know, was afford this opportunity to shadow. So how does that work with the application? Yeah,
0: I think you just, you just need to be reasonable, right? We, okay. we all know being in the military, again, I, I'm biased because I've been there, done that. I served five years in the military. Now, mm-hmm. is that five years times 365 days times 24 hours? Is that the number of hours I have? No, right? I, you have weekends off sometimes. Obviously, when you're deployed, you're 24-7 theoretically but you still sleep you still yeah. eat you still go to the <laughs> bathroom and shower and all of that stuff hopefully so I just use common sense the the general thing that I say is just use an eight-hour day as as your math calculation I don't think you need to go crazy there and be careful with the fact that your main job is doing one thing but it afforded you the the ability to also shadow. Those are not the same things. So if you have eight hours for your main job, that's not also eight hours for shadowing. I would try to separate out as much as possible to say, okay, my main job most days was about uh, nine tenths of the time and then the other one tenth of the time I was able to kind of chill and and just watch what was going on. So, So do some fuzzy math around that, but don't double dip the hours.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause that, that was definitely a concern of mine because yes, you know, for deployments we're, we're on. Um, and I was like, well, you know, I don't, I don't want it to look like I'm, I'm trying to fluff numbers, but I mean, it's, it's my reality. Um, so. no, but, but it, it is,
0: but it isn't right. Cause you sleep. I did. Okay. So, <laughs> so that's, and that's, and that, it, it's, it's funny. Cause I was just at a conference recently, uh, with pre-health advisors and, and this came up the fact that, People will will put twenty four hours a day for like uh, doing Peace Corps and stuff like that. I'm like, no, like it's not twenty four <laughs> hours a day. And and military members do the same thing. I'm like, it's not twenty four hours a day. Like, yes, theoretically, technically, but but don't do that. It's 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 just gotcha. weird.
1: <laughs> okay, and then um, so. I have a question about, and I, I know it can vary case by case, but again, I think this is like you said, we're putting these expectations on ourselves when we're non-traditional students. I'm older. I'm like, okay, in my head, I want to cast my net wide. Yep. And I've listened to some of your previous podcasts. I, you know, I don't think I'm gonna apply to 30 schools, but I'm like, I'm nervous. Um yeah. you know, I see some of these people with like five two eights and four point and putting in 18 applications and getting accepted to like seven. So I'm like, yeah, what's going on? <laughs> you yeah. know, like, should I just do it? Like, so just kind of like, what is your overall, you know, response to that? And
0: I, I think, uh, it's, it's a game of numbers at the end of the day, you have to do the research, find the schools that you're super interested in going to and, and applying to. And, Uh, do some visualization like opening up that acceptance email or getting that phone call saying hey congratulations you've been accepted to insert med school here and like what is your visceral response to that is it like oh like oh i didn't i don't want to go there like don't apply to that school right it's it's as, as weird as that um at the end of the day it's time and money it's it's money to apply to add each school to 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 apply typically for secondary applications, and then it's time to fill out all of those secondary applications to do all of the research when it comes down to finding the schools that you're interested in applying to. The average these days is 18 for AMCAS. The average, I think, is nine for DO schools. So the numbers are creeping up. Those numbers have gone up a bunch since I've started looking at them over the last several years. Uh, I think the average used to be, when I first started looking at this, uh, probably 2013, 2014, was 14 schools. And so four schools um, times 60,000 applications or applicants it's, that's a lot of extra money that the AAMC is raking in um, and that students are spending. So I, I think it really just comes down to uh, time and money and just confidence. And uh, are you going big or going home? Uh, do you, do you want to be one and done? I, I, it's, it's hard. It's hard to put a number out there.
1: That's very true. And then, uh, yeah, I'm applying. I'm doing three application systems. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think. Um, have you taken the MCAT yet?
1: I have not. I'll be taking it. Um, I'm applying next year and I'll okay. be taking my MCAT, I believe, June 2023.
0: Okay. It's a little bit late. Um, if you can help it, ideally, you're taking a little bit earlier just so you have your okay. scores back so you understand what that score is before you apply. Okay. Um, typically, we recommend January to March so that you have time to retake if you need to in June. Uh, but, but that's, that's something you can work on. The, the biggest thing for you, right? You mentioned the 4.0528 students. If you watch application renovation, I had one of those students on 4.0528, but his application was terrible. (laughs) It was terrible. And I told him it was terrible. So I'm not like, (laughs) it it just wasn't a good application. It was like, Hey, I I'm just really smart. And so I want to be a doctor. And he had one activity that kind of went to the fact that he was interested in looking at medicine that was only like a six month period of time. And then he's like, cool, I'm done. I'm going to go do something else. (laughs) Right. So as a reviewer looking at it, I, I look at someone like that and go, okay, you're smart enough potentially to be a doctor, but I don't think you want to be a doctor. Yeah. And so for you your stats may be less than a 4.0528 99.9% of students are going to be less than a 4.0528 but the rest of your story shows that you really want this you've been working hard for it that you've been putting yourself around patients you've been putting yourself around doctors you've been exploring the healthcare field and that the story that you're going to put forth through your application through your primaries and secondaries is going to show that you're a good human being who wants to be a doctor and that's what you've been that's what you've been up to
1: yeah, this is this has been uh, like a, a second life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how yeah. long this journey has taken, but it, it is it is humbling, very humbling. Yeah, and very rewarding at the same time. So, so, <laughs> so that
0: one word right there tells me that you're leaps and bounds ahead of the four point oh five twenty eight students applying to medical school, saying I'm smart enough, I want to be a doctor. They are not humbled. <clears throat> So every day I, I, <laughs> every day <laughs> I have faith that that you will uh that you will you will be fantastic through this application process
1: thank you I appreciate that um i have i think one more question and, yeah. and then I won't take up too much of your time so um You mentioned taking the MCAT early, and I think for me, again, that's the whole SDN Reddit situation. So a lot of medical schools that I do plan to apply to, they allow you to have um, biochemistry uh, to cover your um, second semester of organic chemistry. I've been a little nervous about that. And my program does allow for me to take biochemistry in the fall and I can take my second organic in the in the spring. Um, I've just been a little nervous to try to balance that because I feel like organic chemistry is that make or break prerequisite. It's been going well, but, you know, I'm waiting for that. That's why I decided to push it until January. So that way I can focus, you know, complete my post program, which would be April timeframe and then have those two months to focus. But if you're saying that January is too late, then. Yeah,
0: I wouldn't say it's too late. June, June, you mean June too late? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's not too late. It's just not ideal. And it's not ideal for a few reasons. Number one, if this is your first time taking the MCAT, you have no idea how it's going to go. And so getting your score back in July and hopefully still submitting your application before then is tricky. And so what a lot of students do is they sub- submit the application to one school, get their score back and go, great, I'm confident in my score, let me add all the other schools. That's okay. That's, that's less of a concern. The bigger concern that I see students run into time and time again is, is the fact that MCAT prep gets in the way of application prep. Okay. Writing your your personal statement, working on your, on your activity descriptions, starting to pre-write secondary essays, all of that stuff gets pushed to the side because you start freaking out about the MCAT. Okay. That's typically um, what, what I see. So I like students to get the MCAT out of the way so they can focus on, on the application. And That's a good point. And that situation may not work for you because you're in your postback program and you need to focus on that and do well on that. And that's okay. Right. Not every piece of advice that I say fits for every student.
1: Understandable, but that, that's a great point because again, I have three applications, and by the time I'm finished with my postback, like I said, seven transcripts and probably about 140 something credits. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That's
0: a, that's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, it's a
1: lot. It's a lot.
0: (laughs) If if you haven't already, go sign up for a free Mapped App account where you can start to get your transcripts and enter all of those courses into Mapped App so you can start to get a feel of what that's going to be like for your real application. So you can see if there's any hiccups requesting transcripts. So you can just go through that process.
1: Okay, I will absolutely do that. I, I totally will. I start, um, my program actually has the MCAT prepped, the Kaplan course embedded in our uh, post-bac curriculum. Okay, I would technically start in November, but now hearing that maybe early spring, um, is a, is a good time to take the exam. I I probably want to flex, you know, a little bit before Thanksgiving to start.
0: See what you can do. And if, if it's too much, then that's okay. And, and it it doesn't have to be Perfect. Just you just need to understand some of the traps that you'll fall into that that I see lots of students fall into. And just understand those traps are there and and prevent them as best you can.
1: These are these are wonderful points and and great words of encouragement. We we definitely need it. And I I thank you, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for what you do for all of us, not just pre-med, but I think. Overall for the healthcare system, you're going to make a, a whole bunch of better doctors um, just because of your mentorship that you're, you've been giving us for the past couple of years. So I appreciate Thank you.
0: you. Thank you. couple, 10 years I've been doing this. 10 years. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: So, in terms of MCAT prep, uh, just a quick little plug for for our sponsor Blueprint MCAT. Uh, it sounds like Kaplan course embedded in the program, which is great. A lot of postback programs, SMPS, do uh, some sort of MCAT prep into the the program, which is awesome. Full length exams are yes. are great. Blueprint full length exams students say are much, much, much better than Kaplan. So potentially if you can swing it, check out some, some, uh, full length exams, you get full length one for free with a free account, as well as lots of other goodies as well over at blueprint MCAT.com. Absolutely. So
1: Absolutely. go check those out. <laughs> um,
0: well, from the bottom of my heart uh from one military service veteran to uh and current uh military service member uh, thank you for your service and uh thank you for for going on this journey to be a physician and uh going from one service career to another service career
1: thank you <sighs> yeah. thank you so much you are welcome <laughs>
0: good luck to you keep keep us posted
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much. And to all the veterans, active duty reservists out there, it can be done. It might take 10 years, but it can absolutely be done.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. Don't forget to check out our amazing Facebook group, The Hangout, at medicalschoolhq.net slash group.